How do we give to God what is God's? And how do we know when it's enough? Jesus' response to the Pharisees is more than a satisfying blow and a battle of wits. It goes deeper than that. He answers a question they don't even know they're asking. He sees the real need buried underneath all the hypocrisy and malice, their need to be at peace and in right relationship with God, and he speaks to that. Jesus knows them better than they know themselves. No wonder they walk away amazed. And the person standing before them speaking these words, they have just seen what Moses spent his whole life looking for. Whether they realize it or not, they have seen the face of God. Anyone who has ever actively sought God can identify with Moses in today's first reading. We want to know that we have found favor in God's sight, that we're on the right side of things in a complicated and violent world, that we're spending our time and our money and our attention on things that matter, that we're showing proper gratitude to the one who gave us all that we are and all that we have. We want to know that words like grace and mercy and justice or attached to something real, that there's a presence, a someone behind the veil, especially when we're asked to do something hard, like Moses was, leading other people into a future we cannot see or control or predict. It's no easy task. Fortunately for Moses, there is a real relationship here with God. It's not a one-way street. Moses can ask questions and express frustration at not knowing God fully. And God, God's not threatened. As we're told later in Deuteronomy at the end of Moses' life, never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face. But even when Moses pushes a little too hard, God finds a gentle way to push back. Knowing all there is to know about God is not the point. It never has been. As God keeps repeating to Moses, I know you. Likewise, God knows what is inside us. God knows what we have to give because God gave it to us in the first place. So then, how do we follow Jesus' call to give to God the things that are God's? Giving, in a sense, is no different from any other matter of faith. We learn by doing. We learn the commandments by practicing them, by trying and failing and trying again. There's only so much we can learn 
by watching others from a distance. By the grace of God, though, we are not left to flail and figure it out all on our own. How to act justly in an unjust world. That's part of the reason we have the church, whose history stretches back for thousands of years, not just to nurture that central relationship with God that is the source of all our best efforts, but to go farther together than we ever could alone. When we give to alleviate suffering, when we give so that we can be part of creating beauty, when we give so that we can add to the goodness and the truth in the world and not just decry evil and lies. We're more effective when we do these things together. Church gives us a way not just to expand our reach, but to focus our efforts on work that is actually worth doing. Not just for those of us in, in front of us right now, but for those who come after us. Because it's hard to know sometimes where our generosity will bear fruit. It's hard to know which interventions might make God's mercy and justice more visible in the world. It's hard to know whom to partner with in the work that is just too big for any of us to tackle on our own. We cannot meet every need we see. But when we give in the context of a faith community like this one, we have the benefit of collective wisdom. We have other people to hold our feet to the fire and to help our, turn our thinking into action. No, we cannot give as freely or as generously as God gives. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Here, we can help stretch each other's capacities to give and stay focused on the goals that are actually worth striving for. We can walk together in a direction worth following. The road ahead of us as a faith community is no easier than the road Moses faced. We are in for our share of wandering at times, with traveling companions we did not necessarily choose, toward a future we can't fully see. Our capacity and our willingness to give of ourselves will be challenged again and again. But the promise that ultimately sustained Moses is one that can sustain us, too. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. As biblical scholar Samuel Terrian once noted, this is not just any rest. It's not a resting place, a single location where we can hide from all the violence and poverty that surround us. No, it's better news than that. The rest God promises is something that happens within and among us over time as we continue walking together with God. And it can go with us wherever we go. The promise here is one of peace and freedom, freedom from fear, 
freedom from anxiety, freedom from worry about whether we'll ever have or ever be enough. God knows what we are capable of and what we can give. We'll know what we can give by giving. Amen.